The heavyweight elimination matchups continue. Plus, Alyssa bodies Tori. The Secret Garden continues running the game. Boats are capsized. Allegiances are questioned. Vets yell at vets who yell at other vets. And Bananas gets the CBS spotlight he's always wanted, but maybe not in the way that he always thought. It's the Challenge USA 2 Episode 3 recap coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future. If it's happening in the challenge universe, then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollaball. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me today to talk all things Challenge USA, episode three. It's in the books. It's going fast. I have to admit that first episode, second episode, uh, which was the last one, I guess I, you know, maybe even said on the podcast, wasn't loving the idea of twice a week. It was a lot to keep up with and now i'm already like kind of like oh this is actually kind of great uh i kind of like having two episodes a week i kind of like how quickly this is going and that we're getting to the next part the cliffhangers and the the different things that are in the air we're getting a little bit of a resolution right away and i'm just enjoying having the challenge twice a week so that's been awesome. We're back. It's already episode three. Feels like the show just started because it kind of just did. But we've got a great episode to talk to. This was one of the best, I mean, one of the better ones of the season. There's only been three. It was the best one of the season so far. It's a very good episode of the challenge. There's a lot to talk to. We will get into it all, of course. Quickly, programming reminders really is just Challenge USA 2. That's all it is for as long as they're doing two a week, which is another this week plus the next week. We'll just be doing those two pods every single week. Once they go down to just one a week on Thursdays, we will see about potentially adding in a second podcast for the week, what kinds of ideas we can come up with. We also are a little bit, tiny bit, considering covering a couple non-challenge shows on this podcast feed in the potential near future. So hit me up on Instagram at Challenge Historian if you would potentially like like maybe some survivor coverage on this podcast feed. Maybe even our guy Johnny Bananas is in a new show that uh, I'm kind of intrigued by coming up. And maybe we would do some little recaps, maybe not every single episode, but, you know, check-ins on that particular show. Uh, Survivor's really the big one, though. I've been covering it, you know, the last couple seasons with my good friend Paige over on Most Likely 2. I think that may come to fruition again this upcoming season, but I may also like to do some stuff here on this feed. So let me know if that would be interest of you. But for the most part, we're getting Challenge USA 2. That's what we're talking about now, today, and for the foreseeable future while this season rolls through. Heads up, Monday's episode will probably be later in the day, even in the evening, depending on my travel back. I'm driving back across Saturday and Sunday from Maine back to Chicago, another 20 hours. We'll see when we actually arrive on Sunday, if it's in time to watch the episode live and even have the energy to podcast that night versus Monday morning or Monday midday when I'm catching up on all my other work. So we'll see when that comes, but it will be in the feed. Hit follow, hit subscribe, and then you will not miss it. Our agenda for today, as always, we're going to do storylines first, awards second, power rankings and predictions at the end. And there's a big prediction to make because this episode ends on a cliffhanger. So stick around all the way till the end to hear me talk through the options Johnny Bananas has at the end of this episode. But for now, let's dive in to the high level storylines. All right. Well, this episode is very, very Johnny Bananas focused, very, very vet MTV focused as 
given the events of what occurs in this episode, it deserves to be, but we aren't going to start right there. The one we're going to start with is the folks who are running this game and who do get just enough spotlight amidst all this vest vet fighting and bananas screen time hogging of an episode to remind us of who is the one pulling all these strings who is the one causing all of this turmoil to happen amongst the vets to cause them to be on their back foot pushed up against that wall and that would be the secret garden and we get some clarity. We had it before, but we get a little extra clarity about who's kind of like main alliance secret garden and who was like add on secret garden. So we knew this whole group previously, but we get the clarification from Desi early in this episode of exactly how this group came to be. And that is that the initial secret garden was Desi, Tiffany, Michaela, and Chanel. And I think she says they're rooming together. I'm not 100% on that. Someone let me know, uh, maybe send a screenshot or whatever, if you can, of uh, if they're, those four are, in fact, in a room together. But she says those were the four members. And then because of specific one-to-one relationships, first Alyssa L was brought in, and then she was super tight with Alyssa S, who had no one else. So she was brought in, and then Michelle was brought in as well from, I believe, Michaela or maybe Chanel. And so now they've got these seven, Desi, Tiffany, Michaela, Chanel, Alyssa, Alyssa, and Michelle. And that's a huge group. That's a huge voting block. That's going to get anything they want done in this game. But it was very important that they let Desi kind of clarify where that dividing line is of like these four were the, the group. And then these three were added on because of different individual relationships and them needing someone to join. And so why not add more numbers? But look for that to possibly be the breaking point later on, especially, and I hate to say it, but I feel like they're setting up my girl, Michelle, who I love to death. I feel like between this comment from Desi of like, these are the core four, these are the three that we added on. And then the quote unquote mistake moment in the challenge, which I I, I guess, yes, she made like a slight mistake. Um, but it's one of those editing things where it's like, you know, you buzz through each of these three teams doing this. I'm sure there's more than one mistake made the entire time, but the only one we get to see is Michelle. And then we get her in confessional being asked about, did you make a mistake or whatever? And she, her saying yes. And so it's one of those tricky editing things where you're like, whatever, but they chose to show Michelle make a mistake. And they chose to have this little moment where Desi clarifies who the core four were, who the three add-ons were. And by the end of the episode, we see, especially Alyssa L is like a very much a part of this. And it just, it leads me to a little mini prediction up front for you. I feel like when this alliance breaks, which it will have to, in some regard, because seven women can't make the final. I don't think, I think based off previous, previous seasons, you know, five of them will. So there's gotta be a break somewhere by inevitably just the numbers say that, that I think Michelle is going to be the one who may get betrayed at some point. Early prediction there, just kind of how I'm reading what the little tea leaves were being given. But these seven women do have two or three people on every one of the three teams. And the CBS men on each team seem to be totally willing. They either have a strategy that we've never been told so far, or they don't have a strategy. One of the two, either way, they seem to be willing to go with whatever the, the, the women of the secret garden want and say. So the stranglehold on this game should stay strong for a while, barring too many team switches, which we will come to the team switching much later on in this uh, podcast. The only one that is in question of the three teams that they don't maybe have a full stranglehold over was the blue team because on the first daily and they won, we saw that it was the vets who kind of ran that. And we saw both the Alyssa and Alyssa kind of being like, oh, what the hell? Like we couldn't do anything about our friend Amira going home or going in and then eventually going home. 
This time it's the complete opposite. They start the proceedings. Alyssa has already kind of made a back deal with, with Corey that we've seen. She's clearly already had conversations with Fessy and Fessy with others to have kind of turned him to like, yeah, this is the route I want to go. And Tori, you know, starts it off with like, I felt a little a certain way about the last elimination and, you know, everyone throwing John A in and Tor in uh, Alyssa, excuse me, just bodies Tori and man, uh, Twitter was loving this. All of the non Tory fans were loving this. Uh, and it was, I mean, it was impressive and it was, <laughs> it was a great moment for Alyssa of just like, yeah, Tori, like it's not, what if us voting in John a to take out John a wasn't actually about you. Like you were just the one that ended up having to do it, but maybe, maybe it wasn't about you. And maybe also you don't get to just decide everything for the team. And because Tori has, you know, this is now the second season in a row to give her credit Last season, she kind of got her way on world championships over and over and over, but also with the turmoil of her and Danny never being in agreement, even if they that, that disagreement never came to like true fruition within the game itself, like it all, everything around them worked itself out so they could just disagree over on the side more or less. But she had a long run of seasons, much to everyone's chagrin, her, the Vacation Alliance, all of them, just the vets on any of the show, the biggest vets on any show, longest tenured vets, I should say, not the biggest vets, the longest tenured vets on the show, you know, kind of having an easy road, kind of always getting their way, kind of just bullying around the rookies or the younger players on any given season. And this time the table has been flipped and that moment from Melissa was fantastic and just lays down. Nope, actually, I've got this vote on wrap. This is how this is going to go. Maybe, maybe, maybe one person could flip the female side, but the men's side, bananas is going in. Nothing you could do about it. Fessel's down. He's totally like, I'll go with Alyssa and Alyssa. Sebastian is half down. He seems like he's going to be loyal to whatever Tori wants the female vote to be because he's trying to get in bed with her, but isn't going to be on maybe on the men's side. And then we get to Corey, who, to his credit, uh, does start the whole thing off with like, what about Monty? It's not like he just sits there from the beginning and is like, I'm just going to end up doing whatever everyone else tells me to do. He's does pitch the, the vet side of this of like, we should take out Monty. No one is really going for it. And it comes to him at the end and he flips to Alyssa's side. Kind of, kind of. And we're going to come back to that more in a second after we talk at length about all of the different blowups from the vets. They brought in six MTV vets. They knew what they were doing. They they picked a specific six for specific game reasons, but also for specific entertainment and television reasons. For instance, Tori and Amanda, they don't like each other. It's a very long list of reasons why and moments why over the last few seasons at this point. But guess what? Amanda was picked for this group because they knew, you know, Tori is, whether you like it or not, kind of, their favorite child at this point, or one of their handful of favorite children from the production staff. So she was going to get the call for challenge USA. I am in agreement with that. Even if I know a lot of fans maybe aren't or whatever, but I was that, that makes total sense to me. And then it makes total sense that they're also like, we should invite Amanda, not because she's got all these championships or because she does so well, or is such a great player, but she's an amazing entertainer and a, big personality and she hates some of the other vets Tori and bananas and maybe all of them at this point uh, that we're bringing in. And so it'll make it so that it's not just six vets coming in who then get to completely and utterly run the game. No, we have to have some disagreement there. So like there's a reason they picked all these people and those reasons come to fruition in a big way on this episode. We start with Tori and Amanda. 
um, they have their blow up right at the beginning and they have a couple more little ones throughout, but the one at the beginning is the big one. And some fans aren't going to want to hear this because, you know, they've just gone full anti-Tory pro Amanda. Those are the stances. You kind of pick a side in this little rivalry as we do in almost all the rivalries. And I get it uh, that you've picked that side. Uh, I certainly have been on that side myself many times in recent seasons. And I've talked at length about how much I like Amanda on the show and I want Amanda on these seasons and we need more people like Amanda's and everything else. Um, it's fine. If you want to stay, if you're like, I'm not moving, no matter what evidence is put in front of me, no matter what happens, I'm not going to be objective about it. I'm going to be pro Amanda anti Tory in every single instance. But if you were willing to be objective and I try to be on this show, regardless of my like personal feelings of who I like the most in any given cast or rating. So I like this person, I like this one a little more, anything like that. In this case, and what we see of that first argument, which may, as always, not be the whole thing, obviously. There may have been much more, and everything I'm about to say may be mute because of what happened that we didn't see that kind of let the lead up to this argument or anything else or just any other conversation that has happened. But from what we see, Amanda's being ridiculous. This one is all on her being ridiculous and a little over the top for over the top's sake. And I, I felt myself being like, total team Tory in this specific instance. And just like Amanda's trying a little too hard here to do her job that she is here to do. And so I'm not faulting her for trying um, to do the entertaining, to be in the arguments, to bring the chaos and the drama and the entertainment to us. But it feels like she's trying a little hard in this moment because she's being a little ridiculous. Tori isn't saying anything about being friends. Um, and, or that she thought they were friends or could be friends on the show or anything. She just never uses the word friend that we're aware of. And she's simply in this moment trying, and Amanda's not really letting her, but just trying to ask, sim like simply put, Amanda, are you going to work with the vets? Are you going to work with all of the vets, just not me? Or like, where do you stand? Or are you willing to say who kind of you work with in any way? Like, can we just get a read? Because it feels like it wasn't just that you were wanted me to go home or wanted me to go in, but you were also like fully like, let's have it be Tori or John a so that one of them goes home or anything. So like, are you working with the vets or not? That's all we kind of need to know because we thought you were. And that's what I'm a little upset about. Not like a personal thing between us or anything to do with friends or whatever. And Amanda's just going on and on and on. Like, we're not friends. We're not fake friends, blah, 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 yelling, 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 yelling. And it's just kind of hitting me as like, I've got one note to play and I'm just going to keep playing it. That's what I feel like I've got from Amanda here. And we're like, you know, we've heard that one note enough times that it's, it's feeling out of place. And like, it felt out of place here of like this conversation maybe should have been different. And she just defaulted to like, I'm going to kind of yell insults or angry comments back. And yeah, I don't know. It just didn't work for me. And it was the, uh, as I'd said on the last episode where I was like, Amanda's not totally working for me on this season, the way I thought she would. And the way, you know, I've just loved, loved, loved her in the past on the show. Um, so we will see, but I will say this, Amanda joining the red team meeting is fucking hilarious. And I loved that moment where they just kind of panned to her where I think, I don't know who said it. Maybe it was bananas or whatever. Like, why are you even here? And then it just pans over and Amanda's just sitting there like smiling at the end. Like, Cause I am, cause I want to, I don't know. I'm not really even on my team. I'm never really on anyone's team. Like I'm here. I want to make sure you guys are doing the right thing and save my ass from elimination, whatever. And it's like, that moment was fantastic. And that felt amazing. And in, in, in place, the, the first little fight, her responses kind of felt out of place, like a little, uh, trying a little too hard. All right, we'll leave it there. The next fight, the big fight was Corey in bananas. Um, and let's start here. Corey didn't need to vote for bananas and Amanda. That was the only thing I would took issue with Corey is that, 
he probably in that moment should have just been like, you know, look, I'm good with what's happening here. I want to support my team. My team wants to do this. I'm not, I'm not mad at no one, but I'm also like, I don't want to put my votes on these people and it doesn't seem like I have to. So like burn vote, burn vote, Amanda and bananas are going in. They'll still be mad at me, but like, I didn't vote for them. I didn't need to vote for them. I, you know, I'm kind of supporting everyone type of thing. You might say, Hey, that's an easy way for everyone to be like, you're on, if you're on everyone's side, you're on no one's side. I get it. But I, I think it might've worked a little better for him in the moment. He could have in theory though. The thing is like bananas is the one that gets so mad at him and bananas is the one he couldn't have saved. Like the votes were done, but when it comes to him, it is three votes, Amanda, two votes, Tiffany. If he wanted to save a vet, he could have tied it up by voting Tiffany. We don't know what happens when you know they tie. If it's just like, Hey, sit here until you can figure out how to not tie or, you know, they get a little message from TJ at some point that says, if you continue to tie, like your asses are going in or something, I don't know, but uh, he could have at least tested those waters maybe, but like he isn't, why would he save Amanda? Like, honestly, um, you know, and so he then gets into it with bananas who he, again, he was the only one that even proposed Monty at the beginning of the conversation. He tried a little bit half-heartedly. And then at the end was like, the votes are already what the votes are. So I'm going to, placate my team members at least for the time being whether i actually am in with them and in alliance with them or whatever i'm going to placate to them so i don't blame Corey for any of that bananas does this is typical bananas just being mad trying to make something of it you know deflect attention maybe rally a few numbers maybe at least learn some information one of the great things that i think a, a, a player like he and wes uh know is that when they raise a stink like this and they those two people do it in very different ways. This is the way bananas does it, but that if anything else, while it might just bring more heat to them, it might make people roll their eyes at them, be like, shut the hell up. Like you've won, you've done all these seasons, this, that, and the other, like, why are you being a little whiny guy, whatever it may help reveal a little more information about who all kind of piles in, who joins in, who tells me I'm being ridiculous versus do I change anyone's mind? Do I kind of get a hint that anyone might be willing to work with me? Or do I learn a new, like, I thought that person might be willing to work with me, but they're showing that they're in favor of this thing that just happened. So like, they might get some new information out of all the whining. He's okay with it looking whiny to some degree because of that. Now, during the Corey bananas part, I felt so horrible for Corey. <laughs> he, the losing his voice that day and then having all of this happen and like he's trying to get in his verbal argument and, like he could barely speak if any like half his words come out audibly and i'm just like this is such bullshit like god damn it uh couldn't you guys have like tabled this and like refilmed it or something in a totally scripted or whatever way the next day i don't know i just felt bad for Corey having lost his voice during this argument it was just like oh this it just it doesn't look good but you're like, I know it, my brain says it doesn't look good. It looks like bananas is winning this or making Corey look like some like scared little punk or something. But it's like, no, it's not that at all. He literally lost his voice. He can't talk. And so I felt horrible for him there. He does make one good argument, though, during the silly back and forth, which is this. Uh, you know, bananas does the you've never won anything like blah, 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 this, that, and the other. Like, you should listen to me because I've won. You've never won. And Corey does get off in there at some point, like, you know, I've never won playing with any of you. So why not play with them instead? Something to that effect was said, which he doesn't go all the way in saying what I think he maybe was, is thinking at this point, And I will say for him, which is, yeah, I came in here and I would have been willing to work with everyone if it was going to work, but it's clearly not going to work. And at this point I've made finals, I've made plenty of finals, but I've never won. 
So why not run, make a final and run a final versus all these new people instead of running it versus you or versus Wes, who wins them all all the time and who have shown I can't beat that you and him in a final. And so I think he needed to go all the way there. Maybe he just didn't want to reveal it. Maybe he isn't even thinking that far down. I don't know. I think he's thinking that far down the road and just probably didn't want to reveal it. But like, yeah, his best strategy once he realizes, yeah, the six of us plus like a Fessy or a Michelle or Paulie or anyone like joining and doing like a vet thing that's been working so well. The second that's out the door, which it went out the door already, he's it's in his best interest and makes perfect sense for him to be like, yeah, I'm back to my default. Get bananas out of here. I can't beat him in a final. Let's also throw Wesson with that. I can't beat him in a final. I'll run a final against Monty or Tyler or Sebastian or Dusty or whatever. And like, I may win, I may lose, but like, I don't know if I can beat them or we'll lose to them. I know that I'm probably going to lose and definitely going to lose to the two of you. So like, let's get you out of here. So I think Corey's in the right. I think he's making the right decision. He maybe just needs to be a little more decisive about it, which leads us to bananas in general. Big episode for him, obviously. He then argues with Fessel, who, I'll quick aside, Fessy kind of puts him in his place in the most casual of ways, and I loved it, and it was amazing. His response to, you know, the, what world do you live in? Just being like, mine. It's just so perfectly a mixture of, it's on brand of everyone who would always say, you know, he's like all caught up in himself or ego-driven or whatever, but it's also just true. Like, it's a hilarious comeback to like, what world do you live in? I live in mine, Uh, you know? I, I exist in my body, in my mind, my my conscious, you know, that's as we all do. Uh, so it's funny, it's true, it's still on brand, and it comes off really likable in a spot that even I would imagine his biggest haters had to be like, that was funny, or that was, fun, you know, that was just a good moment for him. And it seems that Fessel maybe learned a little bit from the past uh, because he does stand up briefly to kind of remind Bananas like, I'm going to quickly remind you I'm like five inches taller than you and way bigger than you or whatever. And, you know, typical macho type of stuff, get in your face briefly. But then after a line or two, he's like, never mind, I'm going to lay back down and I'm going to be so casual about this. And just from the comfort of my bed, going to keep talking back to you or whatever. And it just adds insults to the words. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. It's a, it's a wonderful way to handle this versus the way that could have eventually get you kicked off a season as has happened, unfortunately, in the past. Then we get the kitchen complaining scene which is really funny, but it should have also, it should always be taken in the context of the editing. They, they make it seem like it was like hours of him just standing there, pacing back and forth, bitching in the kitchen. And it very well may have been. It also could have easily been five minutes or like two minutes long or like 90 seconds long. We may have actually seen all of it. Every single sentence just chopped up with some music, with a bunch of different reaction shots around to make it look like this is this like long winded thing that goes on and on and on and on and on. And everyone can't believe that he's still doing it and complaining. Who knows? Uh, but it's funny. It's probably not the spotlight type of episode that he was hoping for, at least up until this point, the end of it, there certainly is goes well for him. We'll get there momentarily, but as you know, his CBS debut, he's still providing the content. He's still good TV. He's still kind of winning in the end, even if it's like a little bit more of this is at his expense than I'm sure he would like, regardless, it's still about him. (laughs) And I know that's his main goal is good TV about me. And He's doing that. So he's winning. The final thing to discuss then is the daily challenge and Polly in the elimination. We'll wrap it all up into one here. The daily was really good. I would love it if they could finally get like a true warm weather place where it's not always freezing cold water, but whatever, I guess that's all stars only at this point. Like we haven't had 
I mean, how long has it been since we've actually had like a true, like this is filmed in the summer somewhere where it's 80 plus degrees and sunny all the time. And even if it rains, it's 80 plus degrees and the water is warm because we're near the equator and the water's warm around these parts and whatnot. Um, We'll see if they ever get back to there. I don't know. At least the All-Stars ones have been to some degree, but not even all of those. Uh, But regardless, the daily was really, really good. Freezing cold water aside, I'm sure no one liked that, but it does add an interesting element to the daily. It reminded me of the sinking ship challenge from Inferno 2. That was really, really great. Memorable flop from the badasses uh, at Challenge Stats did a great tweet thread about reminding it him or her or whoever's behind Challenge Stats of that and uh, sharing some screenshots and some different things about that. So go check out challenge stats as always, if you want to get amazing stats and figures about the challenge, but also some nice little deep dive moments like that one. Uh, I was right there with them. It reminded me of that challenge, which was a fantastic one. This seemed really hard. It took true participation and communication from all team members, which makes for a good team challenge. And all three teams worked really well together for the first time. And it made me kind of realize they really did end up with pretty evenly split teams on this season, which helps so, 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 so much when one it, there's, there's interesting storylines that can come from one team being completely and utterly dominant, but it's almost always going to work out better if the teams are really even and every, no one feels super safe. No one feels super comfortable, anything like that. And I feel like that's where we kind of are right now and is why it's working so well so far. Now let's move to Polly. Um, I love that they, you know, gave him the backstory, gave him the screen time here to kind of explain where he was, where he is, how he got there, talk a lot about it, you know, the therapy he did, becoming comfortable with himself, his sexuality, all the things. It was all amazing. The only part of it that wasn't was the whole time during it, I was just like, God damn it, Polly's going home. <laughs> like at minimum, Polly's going in. It's it's just one of those things. It's, we've talked about it before, but you can tell from the edit of each episode, they don't have too much time. So the people who are going to go home or into elimination are going to get the heavy focus. And you kind of can tell partway into an episode. And this one, we started, I was like, I guess there was still the Polly could win the daily challenge. It'd be like the one leading the line, but it seems like they're giving us the Polly may be leaving. So we want to fit in uh, what we need to fit in about his character arc for the season. So uh, that was in the back of my mind the whole time. So I wasn't a hundred percent enjoying all of these wonderful, lovely moments because I was a little bit like, God damn it, please. No. Oh, he's going to go home. And then, yeah, uh, he obviously does. We'll get there. He's definitely grown since being on. He's become comfortable with himself. He represents himself in an incredibly positive way and wonderful way this season, even in his brief appearance. So that's all great. I love Polly. As you know, if you listen to the preseason, the cast reactions, anything, you know, he was the number one thing I was most excited for on this show. I was so thrilled to have him back. I have been pounding the table as have many for a couple of years now and many, many challenge seasons of like Polly and Cara Maria. Why are they not on the show anymore? Bring them back. Thrilled that he got the chance to come back. Thrilled that, you know, as much as I wanted the chaos agent, as much as I think I still wish we would have got a little bit of that. I'm happy for him having had such a positive experience. I'm happy for, you know, others to be reacting so positively to him. And the final thing I'll say is I'm glad we got to see how much being on this show means to him. Because if you were watching this and didn't, didn't pick up on that, then I don't, we weren't watching the same show because he loves this thing so much. It matters so much to him. The emotion when talking about it throughout all three episodes, and especially this one was palpable through the screen of like, this matters a lot. 
he, you know, it was a motivation for him making some changes, even some changes maybe he wouldn't have agreed with or being more friendly and kind to people he wouldn't have agreed with in the past to kind of smooth out some of the waters that would allow him back onto the show, fair or unfair. And if you've listened to me in the past, I would lean on some of them were unfair. But regardless, you know, the motivation for him was there because he loves this thing. He wants to be a part of it. It matters to him in a big, big way. And there was many moments that showed that, but especially at the very end with bananas, someone who, you know, he is openly disliked on the show and off the show since he was on the show ever. <laughs> um, and I'm sure still has plenty of honest commentary about things he doesn't like, or things he doesn't agree with about Johnny bananas, the person, or even the cast member or challenger, whatever. Um, he does have such a respect for the show that even though they had been friendly and they were on a team and working together this season, him, you could tell how much it meant for him to have Johnny at the end, tell him instead of like rubbing in his face or gloating or anything to hug him and say, you're a damn good competitor and pat him on the head. And, you know, as he says in the confessional, like it, he finally felt like he was a part of the challenge and he ne maybe never did before. Cause there wasn't that acceptance from any of the OGs or the long-term vets or the bananas types, people of the world. And uh, now he kind of feels like he got that a little bit. It's amazing. I just wish it didn't come because he was eliminated by bananas in the third episode. I would have liked to see him there till the end. I would have loved to see him get a chance to run a final again, but hopefully we will see him again. He obviously goes home because of the elimination, which we'll quickly touch on. It was a great game. It was fantastic. I loved it. No notes. Unbelievable. Great, great thought out. Looks cool. Executed well. And, you know, it's the thing that Survivor does so incredibly well of making competitions where it's just endurance, like stand and bear the pain or the 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 borderline torture of like, hold your hand over your head or hold your arms out to the side or hold this bucket off the ground or stand on this really narrow ledge or whatever. Like making those games entertaining for television is really hard to do and really hard to edit to like how long, how much should we show? What should we show? Everything, everything about it's really difficult to pull those off. And they nailed it on this one. It was fantastic. No notes. Loved it. It was also an obvious reminder of the last time these two were in elimination, the infamous final reckoning challenge where Natalie and Polly, but really Natalie beat bananas. Uh, you know, Polly won and Tony lost, but really Natalie beat bananas in holding her hands over her head, which if you don't know, and you've never heard me talk about, or you've never heard the original story from Tony and bananas themselves, I believe it was, I think the only time Tony has been on bananas, podcast. So you could go look it up and hear the whole story, but that was the second version of that. Uh, elimination back on final reckoning they had to pause and their cancel midway through the elimination the first night which was a different version of the same thing but was way more predicated on the eating portion and kind of an actual team thing and bananas and tony were well on their way to winning when something went wrong with one of the pieces of machinery and they couldn't get it fixed and so they called the whole thing off and redid it in a new way the next night which turned into the eating part basically didn't matter. And it was Natalie versus bananas holding your hands over your head and Natalie won. And, you know, I stand by, it was one of the biggest bullshit moments, like banana. It was pretty clear, at least from their telling of it, which is obviously biased. They're telling that bananas and Tony would have won if they stuck with the original thing. Um, and then I feel like if that happens, bananas and Tony are winning that season. That's just my opinion. Who knows what actually would have happened, but that's my opinion. So this felt like redemption for bananas in a little bit of a way. And also, those out there complaining, as you always do, that it was rigged, 
that the show is rigged, that production rigs all these things for the people they like, aka the people you hate, the Tories and the bananas of the world. Oh, Tori gets a super physical challenge. Like we said last week, almost all of them are super physical challenges at this point. So of course she did. And bananas gets something he's done before. This is bullshit. Like bananas has done everything on the show. He's been on 25 seasons of this between all the different franchise versions. Okay. He's done everything five times over. Okay. He's the only one that could say that he's one he's him and Wes and maybe CT and maybe Anissa are the only ones that can be like, yeah, I've, I've whatever you put in front of me, I've done the version of it. That's happened in the past. Okay. So he's done it before he's done anything, but they could put it in front of him before get over it. They're not rigging this. This, this isn't rigged. All some arguments I'm open to this one. I'm not. Um, Polly and bananas were both impressive in the throwing, especially Polly, who is throwing left-handed. I think he's a righty. I don't know that for sure, but I think he is, which means he's throwing with his offhand, which makes it more impressive when they just both keep hitting it back and forth, back and forth, back and forth at the beginning. But that choice may have been the difference of the game because when they get down and there's one bag left on Polly's side, he needs to hit it. And it's, if Polly hits it, Polly's going to win. And if Polly misses, Polly's probably going to lose. It comes down. They, they both eventually prove out that they can hold their arm up there long enough to be, for the fire and the ice melting to be what ends it. And Polly misses and he's thrown with his left hand, which again, I'm not positive. Maybe he is lefty and maybe that was his choice. Uh, but going off the odds that he's a righty, um, you know, bananas chose to hold his left hand over his head so he could throw with his right. And maybe he thought, you know, my right side's a little bit stronger. Maybe I can hold up. I don't know, but I think his decision was, I want to be able to do the throwing and I want to do it with my strong hand. And that might have ended up costing Polly in the very end. So he gets out bananas as I is currently the leader at one of my predictions of the season was he had had the most elimination wins. He would end up there a lot, but he would be able to beat a lot of these people. And he's got one win now. So he's up there tied with Tori and with whoever won the first elimination of the season that I'm blanking on now, Michelle. And how could I do that? I, I'm sorry, Michelle. I'm sorry. I still love you so, so much. I apologize. Uh, it's a lot of episodes and quick, quick succession here now we get to will banana switch i'm going to make the prediction for who i think or if i think he will switch at the end of this during the prediction segment but i will lay out the cases here case number one he could stay why would he stay dusty is his most loyal vote right now we learned in this episode dusty we knew previous episodes dusty loves his show dreamed to be about being on it we learned in this one bananas is his hero he says it multiple times bananas is his guy he is locked in with bananas. Whatever bananas wants, Dusty will provide. That's his guy. That's his hero. It's kind of hilarious and endearing. And uh, the jokes are also pretty funny that are being made at his expense for that. But uh, so he's got Dusty and their team is now down to four people. And so it could be tied two to two. They could kind of push, you know, for a tie in any given situation with Tiffany and Chanel, yes, it's hard to remember who's on, on who. Tiffany and Chanel are the two then on their team with them. The case against it, though, is they have four and they're not that good. And so they're going to end up not winning and always being on. And he's just going to always be voted as the guy to go down in there. So staying doesn't look like a big, good option for him. He could go to blue. Argument four: Tori's there. He could, in theory, swap with Sebastian or Corey. I don't think he would swap with Fessel. But if he swaps with Sebastian, he could try to convince Corey and Fessel, like, look, I'm here now. Tori's here. You guys, it's all good. Water under the bridge. Like, can we work together? And those four 
could, you know, run their team. Plus those four in Cassidy and Alyssa, that's a dominant freaking team right there. They should be able to win a lot of the daily challenges. He could switch with Corey out of spite and still have a very good team, but probably not, you know, could maybe get them a three versus three thing. If Sebastian goes with Tori and bananas, it would be interesting. Or he could go green. Wes is there. He could swap with Tyler and have a West Bananas Monty as the guys and Desi and Michaela as the girls. And suddenly that team is elite, but Amanda's also there. And does he want to be with Amanda? Does he want to be on a team with Amanda where we see in this episode, like Amanda literally is like, I can't swim. Not going to do it. I'll get on your back. West. Do you want me to swim with on my back on your back? Like maybe he doesn't want that vote wise though. If Amanda would work with them, Amanda bananas, West could get things tied up, could try to force some things. And certainly Really, it's if he swaps with green or blue, if he swaps with the Tyler or Sebastian, respectfully, that red team sucks really bad and is going to really struggle to win. So you kind of always know, like, we've got a 50-50 shot here, whether he switches to either of those. So what will he do? We won't know until Sunday night, but I will give you my prediction once we get to that point. First up, though, the awards. Awards for the episode. Best quote. There was one nominee. There was a decent amount of good confessionals, but there was one obvious memorable verbal moment from the episode that deserves of this. Alyssa quote, maybe you need to not think about it so direct and more strategically that people wanted John A out. Maybe it's not always about you. End quote. Aforementioned bodying of Tori. Alyssa gets the best quote of the week. Best moment. Nominee number one, Polly and Tori's conversation about, you know, the growth he has experienced and like the fact that it's Tori on the end of that conversation with him. Um, if you've listened to Polly outside of the show at all, you know, he means everything he says by the fact that he's having this lovely conversation with Tori of all people. So um, that's really cool. And I like that moment for both of them. And I just appreciate that moment. So it's nominee number one, nominee number two, we've talked about it. We just gave it the best quote, but Alyssa and Tori's Back and forth during deliberation. Wonderful, incredible stuff. Third nominee, Bananas versus Fessel and Corey, but really the Fessel versus Bananas moment I enjoyed the most. And then the fourth and final nominee, the final throw, Polly's final throw, and then the entire end of the elimination, like what will happen here. That moment, there was real tension. It was a big matchup. I I really didn't know how it could end at any moment. Anyone could pull their hand down or we could get the ice to melt as it ended up doing. Um, but that final throw, there was a lot of suspense that like, that's a great elimination right there. Like gets us really a 90 second to two minutes of us being truly on the edge of our seat. Don't know what will happen. Could go either way. Um, big moment, couple big moments. Like the whole thing was great. So of those four, I'm going to go with, you know, consolation prize for my guy who had to go home, but I'll give it to Polly and Tori's conversation. I think. That was just such a wonderful moment for the show for so many reasons that we're not even, we don't even have to go into all of it right now, but I'll give it to that. As for the episode MVP, Tori comes in fifth, Corey comes in fourth, Alyssa comes in third, strong, strong showing from Alyssa. But uh, as is always the case, there's pretty obvious top candidates given screen time, confessional time, story arcs, wins and losses, everything else. And so Polly comes in second, Bananas comes in first. This episode was about... Those two, and it was really about bananas with as much Polly as they could weave in there to give us a little swan song goodbye for him. So Alyssa, Polly, bananas, your top three bananas is the episode MVP. Now to our power rankings. So things are getting a little clearer and it's really turning into like, I just kind of have a feeling there's a small crop of people on the men's side and the women's side who could win 
and no one else that I think could really enter that or that I see any way to enter that. And it's not quite five strong on either side, but I will stick with five people getting named on the power ranking. So females first, Desi stays number one. I mean, she's, I don't know. We, you blue and green are even teams. So she's not, doesn't have the best team, but she has one of the two teams that's going to win every time she's got the best Alliance. She's leading set Alliance. No one has even really thought to say her name. She got the one vote the one time. And there was a hint this, this episode of like, Desi's the girl we should all be targeting from Tori of like Tori game respects game of like, yeah, if anyone's going to whoop my ass in here, it's her obviously in every way, physical endurance, politically, socially, whatever, like that's the target right there, which is game respects game. So I see that. And Tori also stays at number two in the power rankings for the same reason. She might get targeted, but like, I feel like this is Desi and Tori's game. One of those two, two are going to win. The other two that I think are willing, I'm willing to be open to the idea of them winning, that they're still in the conversation for me are Michaela and Alyssa, who I have in third and fourth, bumping up one spot here from where they were before. And then I put Cassidy fifth, but I think that break is after Alyssa. Desi, Tori, Michaela, Alyssa, those four, one of those four women will win this show. Mark my words. Um, I just don't really see a path that anyone else actually winning. You know, I'm putting Cassidy here because if I if you told me Desi and Tori both were not in the final somehow, some way, then I could see Cassidy winning. Uh, and that's kind of the way I would see Alyssa or Michaela winning too. But like, if either Desi or Tori makes the final, like it's a wrap. One of those two are winning. So let's hope both of them do or neither of them do. I don't want to just see one because I want to see that nice, comp- good competition. So because obviously I want Desi to win, let's see both of them make the final. That would be awesome. On the men's side, West stays number one, Fessel stays number two. And honestly, you could make an argument Fessy should be in the top spot here. And the only reason he's not is because, um, well, it's not high elevation if they stay in Croatia for the final, which I think they will. So that could help him in a big way. But West, as I've said over and over, if he's in the final, he will win definitively. I I just believe that so strongly. So he stays number one. Fessy stays number two. He's just got a great position in this game right now. Um, this is the season setting up well for some of the floaters. Um, sometimes it goes either way with that. It's going really well for him. Bananas cracks the power rankings at number three now, because now that I've seen him beat Pauly, I, I do have confidence that my prediction could come true, that he could go like three or four and oh in eliminations and make a final in the kind of like one of his most impressive seasons ever of just like having to win his way there over and over and over. Josh is fourth, the Dusty is fifth. And it's really one of those where like yeah, West Fessy and bananas. I just feel I maybe Corey should Corey's just going to have a lot of heat now, potentially. Um, I, it's kind of wide open on the men's side because if they can get bananas and West out, then it's totally wide open amongst everyone else out, uh, out there. But if West or bananas is in the final, I feel like one of them will win. And again, Wes would, if he was there, and I think Fessy is maybe the only one that has a shot if the final is set up in a way that like to his strengths and not so much on his weaknesses that there's like a version of a final where he could keep up with those two. But so, yeah, they're going to, the rest of the house needs to get those two vets out. And then it might be wide open after that. We shall see my predictions for next week. I'm back. I'm back, baby. After episode one, I went over three or over four going into episode two, but I've rebounded. In the biggest way, I went four for four this time around. I said blue team would win. I said it would be a male elimination. I said the first person would switch, but it would be a cliffhanger. And I also said red team chaos, which kind of. There was some camaraderie, but also, I don't know. 
I I wanted the sweep. That may not be a fair judgment, but um, the red team certainly is still chanting team red flag. Okay. So they might be acting nice. They might've had a decent daily challenge on this one, but they're still voting for each other when the votes come down and they're still the biggest split of any is between their team and the fact that everyone is trying to get bananas. So four for four as for next week, here's your predictions. I told you I'd pick where bananas would go. And here it is. I think if I had my way, bananas would join green. It would have been amazing, amazing if Tori would have joined green and switched with Amanda like we wanted last episode, and then bananas could go over there and suddenly it'd be Tori, Desi, Wes, and bananas on a team, and Monty and Michaela as they're like, like that six. Are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding me? Um, but that can't happen. So I think bananas joins blue. I think he feels the most comfortable by far at this point with Tori on his team and with Wes as uh, his, you know, confidant on another team that they can keep their power separated a little. And I think he goes blue. I think he is smart enough prediction number two to replace Sebastian and not go petty against Corey, but instead go, let's try to mend this. Let's try to have the best possible team and respectfully, Corey is way better than Sebastian as far as we know right now. So I think he joins blue. I think he replaces Sebastian. I think third prediction, blue wins the daily and fourth prediction. I think then once they've won, their main decision is that they are going to decide who, what male can we serve up that we're confident Wes can beat because I think they will turn their attention to Wes is going to be the overwhelming vote of going into elimination. And so we're going to give him a Tyler or a Sebastian or probably one of those two that we feel the most comfortable with him going against. So those are your predictions. Banana joins blue, replaces Sebastian. They win the daily and they serve up a male. They think Wes can beat. That is all for this episode. We will be back on Monday to recap episode four, which will be out third Sunday night second week of twice a week. And then we'll have one more week where there's two episodes Sunday or Thursday and Sunday again next week. So keep your schedules in lock, keep those alarms to remind you that there's two a week for one more week. And then starting with episode seven, they will be down to just one a week on Thursday night. So thank you as always for being here. Love you. Appreciate you till we talk again on Sunday on Monday, excuse me, peace.